Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckard. It's the new year. Uh, I'd like to say new us, but it, well, actually, we're now undefeated as of this year. So maybe it is new year, new us. Dave, how are you? How are you feeling? New us? Are you talking you and me or are you talking the Blazers? Oh, no. Well, I mean, new us is in the Blazers. I'm right. I'm pretty much the same old person same, I was you know, pretty much same a few Dia. days ago. I mean, the, the blue hair is slightly different and the tat, <laughs> the tattoo. Uh, but other than that, uh, you look about the same. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... I, if we just look at 2022, this is a, this has been a great year. I mean, just let's right. forget the uh, the Jazz and Lakers and let's just concentrate on that Hawks game with Anthony Simons and Norman Powell. Yusuf I'm Nurkic thinking. saving it at the end. I mean, we could just ignore the entire Rudy Gobert rips apart the entire lineup because Yusuf Nurkic is in protocols. And then LeBron James makes up for an entire season of misery in one night against the Trailblazers by barbecuing them and filleting them and then putting them in the blender. Uh, we'll forget those and let's just concentrate on that whole Atlanta thing. Yeah, that was that's quite a way to forget, Dave, by reminding us all. Um, but it, yeah, we, we got three there, games. There wasn't enough drinking on New Year's Eve to forget those games. <laughs> three games in the last week, uh, a rough loss to the Utah Jazz where ultimately we were just small. You know, when you take Nurk out of the lineup, against Rudy Gobert like like you said there's just there's not a lot of way around that and the Lakers interestingly enough we actually usually do pretty well against the Lakers but we just didn't it was one of the most limp dispirited efforts that we've seen since I don't know in a decade I mean in the in the Lillard era it's not that there have been none but there have been few that were just so you could tell the announcers just didn't know what to say I mean, they knew it wasn't a game, and so they had to make up for it, and they turned into professional mode. But every once in a while, just stuff would leak through where they were like, because it was nationally televised where I was, and they were like, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Portland is, yeah, let's try. Yeah, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything don't at say all. Don't say anything at all. Yeah, it was, it was rough. But then we played Atlanta. That was the game that Dame was out for. Um, and Anthony Simons, who okay. we've talked oh, back well, and well, forth. Well, we should stop for a second. I'm sorry, just for a second. Okay. The thing about the L.A. game that was really, really rough was that the Lakers were scoring so simply. I mean, it wasn't even... Yeah. They were running the first option on their sets. They were running what would essentially be high school sets. Not that their offense was high school, but like it's the NBA. You're supposed to make someone go to their third, you know, counter to your counter. There was no countering going on. I mean, there were, you know, the, the kitchen was, was torn apart. No counters at all. There was, there was just one pick, one screen, an easy pass, a dunk. That was it, you know? And it's like, Wow, it's, it's, it's the hallmarks of a team that's not even present. It's like they were checked out. And look, I've seen some Blazers teams 
I've seen some Blazers teams take the court under interesting influences. I've seen some Blazers team take the court clearly after spending the night out partying. I'm scratching my head to see a team that just didn't, I guess back in like 2004 or 2005 when they just had nobody except for Zach Randolph maybe and just were ill-matched and ill-fit. That's the last time I can remember something that bad. Now, as you say, they redeemed themselves a little bit against Atlanta, but that was a really sobering night against L.A. Well, and I think that's something that Blazers fans have all kind of been leading up to, that it's felt like the team is kind of flat. Like, sometimes it looks like they don't really care. Sometimes it looks like they don't really want to be out there. Sometimes it looks like they're not really giving a lot of effort. That's been a constant topic of conversation this season so it, it's almost like it came to this head at the end of 2021 and we went out with just uh, you know we kind of let them have it <laughs> and not in a good way yeah. we just let them have the game like Coach Willow said go out there and let them have it he didn't mean yeah. that <laughs> that's not what he meant uh, let um, me clarify yeah and it's it's frustrating that's a frustrating way it makes it not because here's the thing I don't want to lose ever. Nobody wants their team to lose, but you can watch a good game. You can watch the guys having fun and and fighting for it and playing hard and doing what they do and lose and be like, okay, well, I still enjoyed watching that game, but it's hard to watch when they play like they played during that Lakers game. That was tough to watch. Yeah. And technically speaking, it was coach Brooks at that point, not coach Phillips, but anyway, uh, yeah. And, and so the Atlanta bounce back was nice to see. Uh, It happened for a few reasons. First of all, Nurkic was back. But even then, okay, people get mad at me because I will critique Nurk even as I praise him, but there's both. And you know, during the middle quarters of that game, and he he helped save the game at the end, but there were plays that he just missed. I mean, just missed badly. It's like emblematic of the entire team that, you know, sometimes they show up, sometimes they just kind of don't. Nurkic is a microcosm of that. And you know what? I just, you need somebody to, to do more than that. Uh, to, yeah. I, I'm not arguing with the stats. I'm not arguing with this fourth quarter play. It's just like you can't you can't come half the time. That's what the the team right. is. They need someone to change that narrative, not to kind of play decently within that narrative. Uh, which, by the way, kind of what C.J. McCollum was doing before he was injuring. He only changed it a couple of times. But Nurkic did change the floor balance. He opened up space for the guards that they just didn't have without him. So that was great. And he set some great screens. And Anthony Simons went crazy. And the Hawks played no defense. And the Blazers played no defense either. But when you play no defense against the Blazers, you give them a chance to outscore you. And Portland did. Well, and that's, I mean, we saw that happen. It was a record-setting night for Anthony Simons. He scored 43 points, which, and he's the youngest player in Trailblazers history to score 43, or more than 40 points. He also tied, I believe, his three-point record, um, his own personal record. And so he had a killer game. 43 points is a fantastic game for any player, but it was, it was a high for Anthony Simons. And ironically, uh, Trey Young from the Hawks had an even higher scoring game and they lost. And Portland fans, of all the fans, Portland fans know what that feels like. We've watched Dame go for more than 50 and lost a game. Even in the playoffs last year, we watched that happen. We know what that feels like. It doesn't feel good. But 
uh, having said that, it was really exciting to watch Ant go off. And then in the post-game interview, he's talking to Brooke and saying that the night before his grandfather had passed away from cancer and he felt like, you know, he wanted to dedicate this game to him and he he felt like his grandpa was there with him. And that was really sweet and it was really cool to hear that. And I was really happy for the night that he had. And I was especially happy that on a night like that, the Blazers were able to pull off a win. I agree I think that what you said about Nurk is is huge. I think having Nurk and having that size in there makes a dramatic difference. We've said that forever, that Nurk is a difference maker on this team, especially when it comes to size. And you're right, when the team isn't playing defense against you, uh, especially for a team like ours that's struggling to play defense, that's an advantage. It's an advantage when there's not defense being played there. So that was that was fun. It was a fun game to watch. Um, it was good to see them go out and do that, even without Dame, even without CJ. Uh, it was a, it was a good win. It was a good win. I, I loved watching Simons. I do love watching Simons and Little. Little actually had a great yeah, game too. I was going to say played some. Nas played some decent defense. Wasn't his best defensive game, but he did well. He scored twenty two. Had nine rebounds. Yeah. So which is not anything awesome. to shake your head about. It just got overshadowed by Ant's game. Well, and you know who really won that game in the trenches was Norm. I mean, uh, yeah, Norm. Norm came up big. He had some really big plays for us too. Yeah, he scored early, but he defended late, and yep. that was a, he was like the heart and soul. Nurkic got to to bowl through the door at the end, and of course, Simon's had his career night. But Norman Powell was the quiet pivot point around which that victory centered. Now, look, all those things had to happen to beat a Hawks team that wasn't defending them. So, right. like, this isn't necessarily an endorsement or rec replicable but it was a good night and anthony yeah. simons as you say the number of nba players who have not scored 40 is a lot lot bigger than the number of nba players right. who have right. so i it, it's credit to him and it just goes to show you and i argued this in the recap simons when he doesn't have to think about his spot in the rotation making plays doing whatever when he's just allowed to be him is often a transcendent player and there's a huge difference between that Anthony Simons and the Anthony Simons who's thinking about his game or the Anthony Simons who's tucked away in the corner waiting for people ahead of him in the rotation to score so that he can get his touches. Uh, that, that It's night and day different. And I think there's a solid argument to be made that while Simons might, might not be a revolutionary point guard because I don't know how well he defends yet, but he certainly has potential that makes you sit up and take notice. Yeah, and I think Ant is one of those guys that we've just kind of been waiting for him to come out. And I feel like we have this conversation. We've had this conversation more than once. We've just been waiting to see him live up to his potential. And I think we're starting to see that. Um, it's really especially encouraging right now because we started the season off talking about, well, is he really a backup point guard? Can he fill that role when when Dame needs a break or when Dame's out? And now we have news today that Damian Lillard, that may be an ongoing issue with him because of this injury. We're looking at him facing his second game in a row that he's not going to play because of the injury. And, you know, he was out for the 10 days earlier this season. Um, today, a report came out from uh, Sean Hyken of Bleacher Report posted that he had spoken with Chauncey Billups um, and asked if if they would be shutting Dame down for an extended period of time since he's still dealing with this abdominal injury. And his response was that they, Chauncey's response was that they were going to have a meeting soon 
putting all heads together to talk all that through. And then he went on to say, I think that's probably going to be the route that we go if he doesn't get some kind of relief there. And that's a big statement about Damian Lillard midseason. So looking at the possibility of Dame maybe not finishing the season with the team due to, you know, taking care of an injury, we're looking at needing Anthony to do what he did a little bit more often. The only person who can prevent Dame from being shut down right now is Dame. Uh, if he absolutely insists that he will not stop playing uh, or he must come back, then yeah. they will have to listen to him. But short of that, I believe that he is going to be done for the season sooner rather than later. Yeah. The reason is it makes a ton of sense for everybody. Uh, first yeah. of all, if, it, if this really is like solely injury-related, he does need the time to get over it. Second of all, if it's not injury-related solely, and there are other factors, exposing those doesn't do him any good, and it doesn't do the team any good. And by the way, I'm not sure that he'd even consider those while the injury is in play. So, I mean, he's not even factoring that in, but looking at from the outside or from the team's point of view, you don't want him out there playing less than full dame because right. that absolutely calls into question, you know, the future of his, this team with his teammates, if you keep him and whatever, uh, but also his trade value, if it eventually comes down to that, he doesn't want to jeopardize, you know, his reputation either for the same reason. Uh, right. And the Blazers, by the way, are better off at this point if they're not going to win a title. And at this point, it doesn't even look like they can get into the second round, realistically. They're going to lose their draft pick to Chicago if they don't finish in the lottery, the season is not going well. There's no reason to think it's going to go better. In fact, it's a big random roll of percentile dice to see how this turns out because of COVID. Uh, there's no reason for them to believe that Dame playing is going to make a critical difference. And it absolutely will make a critical difference to everybody, perhaps, if he doesn't, including their prospects for next year if they keep him or his value for next year if they trade him. So there's no, there's, there's absolutely nothing leading, leaning towards Lillard playing unless it's just his sheer will. Yeah, if I had to make an educated guess as to what the remainder of the season looks like, just based off of what we're seeing, my guess is they pull Dame I don't think he will object to that. I think if we were having a, a winning season and it was looking like we could make a legit run at the playoffs and, and maybe win a championship, I think he would probably object. But my guess is that given the fact that that's not where we're at, even though we may very well still make the playoffs, I wouldn't put that past this team. I, I it, We're not going to win a championship this year. It's that's the reality. That's a hard pill to swallow. I, I almost choked saying that. So to me, it makes a lot of sense for Dame, who is struggling, who's been in and out, who's not playing as well because he's battling an injury, who's then having to deal with people commenting on how he's not playing as well because he's battling an injury. And he's it's a it's the kind of injury that he often plays through. So it's not a situation where, you know, he's broken a leg and everybody knows about it. There's a lot of people who are casually watching the NBA who are like, what is up with Dame? He just isn't very good this year, which isn't the case. That's not the case. But because of the nature of this injury, that's 
what he's getting. And so it would not surprise me to see him choose to go ahead and do whatever they need to do, whether there's some kind of medical procedure that needs to be done, whether it's just a matter of rest. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it wouldn't surprise me for them to to pull him out for the remainder of the season, let him do what he needs to do to get better physically, to get healthy physically, especially while we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with all the unknowns and all that stuff and let the guys like Ant run at it. Let them fight for it. Let them play, get the minutes, get the experience, you know, do all that and do that in a time where we're bringing up G League guys and we're in COVID protocols and all that stuff. Let these younger guys get a run at it, get the experience, get the practice. And then next season, you know, when we essentially, hopefully, can hold on to our pick, I say hopefully, but that means we don't do as well anyway. You know, then next season, we, we've we now gotten rid of Olshay. You know, our, our coach is not brand new anymore. They've got a little bit of a, uh, you know, relationship with the players. And hopefully next year then is a year that we can make a better run at it than where we're at this year. I'm not someone who folds. I'm not someone who ever says like, hey, we should we should tank or we should, you know, whatever. I'm not, and even now I'm not really saying that. I'm just simply saying it makes a lot of sense to let Dame take care of himself physically and figure out, you know, with everybody else what we can do. Yeah, and look how the questions change. And I'm not implying that anyone would invite this. I think everybody in the organization is a competitor and wants to go out and win. Let's make that clear to begin with. But yeah, look, yeah. look how the road becomes easier if yeah. Dame sits because now – the question is not the question surrounding the franchise is not well. Can Dame still carry this team, or what kind of trade can you make right now? Right. It's right. instead what can you do with that draft pick, and what can you do and, with trades over the summer, and that like buys them some time, which they yep. probably sorely need. By the way, Coach Phillips gets a, his first year becomes a freebie now, and I'm, again, I'm sure Coach Phillips is a competitor and wants to come out there fighting every second. I'm not trying to put words into his mouth or thoughts into his brain. I am simply describing the system around him, which now stops asking questions about whether he's a good coach or not, whether he's the suitable coach for this team, and starts asking when Dame's going to be back, and by the way, it's a freebie because you don't have him, and let's see how you can integrate people next year. It buys a reset for the entire organization. here's, Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Everything we talked about prior to this season has not gone away. This team is getting older. Yusuf Nurkic's contract expiring. Robert Covington's contract expiring. Anthony Simons not extended and will become a restricted free agent. Uh, Luxury tax still looming. It buys them another year. The problem is they can't really afford that other year. It's like saying, well, you have this credit card debt. And we're going to run up interest on it, but you don't really have to pay it for another year where you don't have to actually write the check now. And you can wait, relax, whoo. But when you have to pay it next year, it's going to be steeper. That's a relief right now. And while you try to figure out the next few months, but it's not really ultimately the solution. In fact, it might leave you farther behind. Yeah, but I also think that there are things that can still be done. They can still make moves. And and for the record, even if they do pull Dame, I think that still looks like him being in Portland next year. I still don't think he would go to another team next year. Right. If but, they pulled Dame, I, they, that would be almost a, you would, look, they would be buying him on two years ago reputation. 
And that's right. not going to happen for a superstar of his caliber. Now, someone's going to want him no matter what, but they're, they're going to want him back on the floor having played a couple games. You can't trade for an well, injured superstar like that. And I don't think that the team would want to. I don't think he would want to. So I, I don't think we're looking at that as an option. But I do think, or or should, I don't think we should be looking at that as an option. I do think that there are things that can still be done between now and then. And I think especially if you, if you pull him for the remainder of the season and you basically just say, look, we're going to take this as a year that we're going to, you know, we're going to learn the things we need to learn. And we're going to take the pressure off. We're going to let you guys go out there and play and learn what what you need to learn to to make this offense work to make this defense work to do whatever we're gonna we're gonna work out the kinks we're gonna work out the bugs we're gonna figure it out and then on the business side you know make the trades that need to be made do the things that need to be done before the deadline get those people in so that by the time we get to next year this is essentially more <laughs> more of a well-oiled machine than it than the the you know than than the machine that's wheels are currently falling off so right or or put another way uh, even if they don't make a trade to improve the team now getting rid of Robert Covington to get under the luxury tax suddenly is a lot more palatable like okay yeah. they're not gonna win anyway so why spend that money they trade him who cares what you get for him trade him and, and they could make improvements as well I'm not saying I'm not disallowing your possibility but the stuff that they really need to do they now can do without judgment. Yeah, I think that takes a lot of pressure away. I think it essentially buys some goodwill with fans where it's been a year that they need that. They There's been so many missteps and now we're at a place where it feels like, I don't want to use the word rebuild because I feel like that has different connotations than I mean, but I, it feels like there is some rebuilding that needs to be done. That doesn't mean you blow up the team and, and rebuild in that sense. But I do think, you know, we've got a new GM, at least for now. And we will, regardless of if this guy stays or if they have a different one. It's no longer Neil Olshay. And this GM will hopefully make some moves. We've got a coach now that is no longer going to be a rookie coach after this year that's had a, a chance to kind of dip his toes in the water and hopefully get some experience that will be helpful. You know, those kinds of things. And now to take the pressure off and 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 just let people enjoy being Trailblazers fans for the rest of the season. Let's find the good things. Dame's going to sit, then then let's, you know, let's enjoy watching Ant do what he does. Let's watch Nasir do what he does. Let's see how Larry Nance can find his spot and fit in. Let's, like, all those little things that we can start to see kind of come together when there isn't this pressure of, we got to make it to the playoffs. We got to win, you know, a championship. Well, and the one argument against would be it's going to hurt ticket sales, but no one in the NBA is selling tickets anyway. Uh, well, it's COVID. Uh, yeah. Arenas are half full. Portland's is half full as well. Fewer yeah. people are going to see not Dame than in any season imaginable. So, like, there's, I'm, try, I'm struggling to think of anything, anything that argues for Damian Lillard to be on the court. And I've, I, I, I know in every other season I could think of something I'm hard-pressed to think of one single thing, one single argument for him to keep playing. This timing makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world to get him healthy, to take him out right now and do whatever needs to be done to get him healthy. You could wait until the season's over and try to do it in the off season, but then, you know, you're running up on 
essentially a player that's had to rest all this time and take all this time off, whatever the, you know, whatever it means for him to get that taken care of and then jumping right into his, like, it's just, it's not the best situation. So it makes sense with COVID happening with, you know, like you said, ticket sales are already down. If you look at the stadium at any given night, it's not to capacity. You know, there's, there's things that are going on already. You might as well give the guy a break and let him take his rest and let him get healed, do whatever they need to do and come back and shoot for it next year. And I also feel like for Dame, you know, that's got to be it's got to be a frustrating place to be to feel the the weight of the world on your shoulders, essentially, in this in this case and be dealing with this injury. I just keep thinking about all the slander you hear about him right now, especially outside of Blazer fans. You're not really hearing it from Blazer fans, but people that aren't super familiar with the situation, they're just kind of ragging all over him. And it's like, you know, when you have a guy of Dame's caliber that we know will come back and do what Dame does when he's healthy, it's got to be frustrating for him. And and I think we've seen that in, in the technical fouls and the getting thrown out of the game in the comments to the media, we're seeing Dame a little more on edge than we're used to seeing him. And there has to be a sense in which this is playing a part of that when you're injured the way that he is, and it takes a toll on your game and there's really nothing you can do about it. That has to be incredibly frustrating. So give him his rest, let him heal and then come back next year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you say about him coming back, uh, almost certainly. Like, he's still Dame. But we can't ignore the fact that, I mean, Damian Lillard's name is mystical. He is legendary in this league. Not because he's done the LeBron thing and made it to the finals all the time and, and won championships. That's one kind of mystical. But he's mystical because he keeps defying expectations. He's from a small school, or he's just a point guard on the Blazers, or nobody can shoot out that far but Steph, or whatever it is, right? You know, or he, he's not carrying a team, and then he scores 55 in the, against the Nuggets. Okay, there's a mystique to him that is very yeah. Damian Lillard, but he is that mystique. If you take away the excellent three-point shooting, and that kind of, I don't want to say razzle-dazzle, because it's not a razzle-dazzle kind of thing. It's more of, a, it's more of an awe. It's a shock and awe. Thing for him if you take that away even if he scores 25 but he's taking 25 shots to do it now that's not mystique that's yeah shaky average okay and he's getting all the point those points because he's taking all those shots and a lot of nba players could could do that a lot of nba stars could do that i should say so all of a sudden he's not damian lillard anymore and that's the narrative that it's not exactly going around but people are starting to circulate the possibility of that. Is Has this guy lost his Lillard-ness and just become a really, really good scorer? Like, say, Julius Randle might be, or, you know, an, an, any number of other guards. That can't happen to him. That cannot happen to him. I mean, he has to be Damian Lillard for this team, for his own brand, for his own identity, uh, for his value around the league. And the more games he plays without that mystique, the more kind of ephemeral the mystique seems. That they've got to put the brakes on that. If he if he's going to lose it, let him lose it honestly. Let him come back fully healthy and say, "Well, you know, I'm 32, and uh, that mystique was I was 28, and I was great, and I can still be really good for someone." That's honest. But trotting him out there where it's like, "Yeah, I'm still scoring 25, but dang, everybody sees that I'm not me." That's it's it's just it's it's kind of sad. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, for what it's worth, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that he'll get this under control, and I think they'll, he'll be fine. If anyone can, through sheer will, get back to who they were, it's Damian Lillard. I have every confidence that Dame can do whatever he needs to do to take care of this, of this injury and then will himself back to the Dame that we are used to seeing play. Um, so I, I think I don't think that this is the end of of what we're used to from him. I think he will come back and I think he will be what we know Dame to be. I don't think that's the way he goes out. There's one more way that he'll probably defy expectations. You know, this is just another chapter in the same yeah. damn book. He, you know, he can't, oh, he can't do that. He's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's like, no, I am Damian Lillard. But yeah. yeah, let him. He needs to do that. That that thing. Whatever he's been doing this season, uh, all credit to him uh, and getting out there and playing and stuff. Love him. Just he's incomparable. But he needs to be the Damian Lillard, not just a version of Damian Lillard. Yeah, and and I, again, if anyone can do that, it's Damian Lillard. Like if anyone can come back and and get back to where he was, it's him. I I really. I actually, that's kind of an exciting thought to me, you know, this idea of letting him sit and get healthy and, and, and coming back and, and being, I don't want to, I don't want to watch him struggle like this. I'm sure he doesn't want to struggle like this. It's not good for the team for him to struggle like this. Like, like you said, there's really no positive at this point in keeping him going at, at a percentage of himself, let him get well. And and then you know go from there. If Dame, um, if Dame doesn't play, are you okay if they trade Yusuf Nurkic? I've been okay if they traded. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic. see there you go. Okay, yeah, but there's I mean, no I, argument, you know. I will say that I really enjoyed watching Nurk in in the Hawks game. You know, there was a point at the end where he got this kind of little smile on his face, and it was like, okay, there he is. There's the Nurk that we're used to, and it was nice to see him having these flashes of of what looked like enjoyable basketball for him, and and it was nice to see him putting in effort and, and really doing, I like that Nurk. Um, but I don't, I just, I don't know. I really, ever since last, the end of last season where he said he wasn't sure this was the place he wanted to be. I have really struggled to see him staying with this team, especially with the contract up and, and the cap space issue and all that stuff. I just, I would be surprised if, if they hold on to him long-term, but maybe I'll be wrong. And honestly, I'll be okay either way. If they trade him, I'll be okay. I hope he goes to a team where he's well-loved and does really well. And if they don't trade him and they keep him, then I hope he can be, you know, the Nurk that, that we need. If, if Dame doesn't play, are the Blazers as dependent on C.J. McCollum? Now, they're obviously more dependent on him for scoring. Like, he's needed more than ever if they're going to win this season. But if that's not the agenda anymore, not the primary agenda, all of a sudden, the door opens to trade him and get a fresh start next season without penalty. Right? Because right. that's always the concern. Okay, you're going to waste a year doing it. Well, if the year's already wasted, that's yeah. not an issue. You know, and you, by the way, you package Nurkic and McCollum to, say, Boston, see what you can get. I mean, that there was like a lot of pressure on that. I think at this point, there might be a lot of excitement for that. It's like, wow, think of what how yeah. everybody would look forward to next October. Sure, they'd miss CJ. Uh, we all would. But at the same time, we'd go, wow, okay, now let's really see. So, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a lot to it that that's just, again, favorable toward sitting the guy and, and letting the season play out. 
I mean, I, I have not been quiet about the fact that I, I'm a big CJ McCollum fan. He's my son's favorite player. He's made my son fall in love with this team the way that I did when I was a kid. And so I am forever indebted to CJ McCollum for making a Trailblazers fan out of my four-year-old. But that being said, if we sit Dame this season and we say, okay, he's out, he's injured, we need to let him get better. And now CJ's coming back from an injury. CJ isn't super young either. He's not in his mid-20s anymore. So do we waste another year of CJ McCollum's ability and talent on a team that isn't competing for a championship at this team at this time? Or do we trade him to, to a team where he's going to have more of a key role going forward and maybe be able to do better for himself. There's a sense in which as, as much as selfishly, I like the idea of CJ McCollum staying for CJ McCollum. It might be better for him to be somewhere else where he has that shot. Unless a player gets to the point of trying to force a trade, you're not going to hear them say, trade me. I'm fine with it, whatever. So I don't really know where CJ stands. I don't know if CJ is in a position where he wants to stay on this team or if he's okay with being traded. You know, he's talked about it a little bit about the rumors and things, but he hasn't really fully addressed it to my knowledge other than saying, you know, this is where I'm here. I'm here now. This is where I'm at and, and embracing Portland while he's here. But it would be interesting to know where his head is with that, because I wonder if, if he wants to stay and, and continue to fight with this team and try to, you know, be in the same situation as Dame where he wants to bring a ring here, or if he's ready to move on and go somewhere else where he's going to have maybe a bigger role on a team um, or, or play in a different way. I, I would be curious to know what, you know, where he stands on that. Yeah. And it's impossible to get inside his head or put words in his mouth, but I would say that CJ is probably, I'm guessing in a comfortable place either way, which is a weird spot when you get to a certain point in your career where you've been successful. He certainly has. Where you've been paid, he certainly has. And you go like, okay, could I ride this out and be okay with my career and my life? I bet he could. So I bet he'd be okay. Trailblazer for life. At the same time, it might be better for him and for everybody else uh, if he were traded to a new situation where he had a chance to grow again. Where he had a chance to do something new, something else in a different way that would give him a chance to uncover more facets of his game uh, or at least have that make a different impact. So I would bet, if I had to guess, and I do not know, but if I had to guess, I would guess CJ can see positives either way. Uh, yeah. But I think systemically, finding a new situation and be, having a chance to be in it might be the better of the two options, which is often true for us when we get comfortable in kind of our mid to late stage careers. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. This could go a lot of different ways right now. And I would imagine that here shortly, we will know a little bit more with the comments that are being made about this situation. Yeah, I mean, that's, I will I will put good money on he is going to be shut down before the end of this season. And it may come very soon. Look, I mean, could he come back and play for a week at the end? I don't know, maybe. But... I bet that he's going to be down for a significant amount of time. Now, okay, let's put it this way also, though. The All-Star break could fiddle with some of that if All-Star nominations and playing, and if the abdominal thing is kind of negotiable. There may be a little bit of hanging on for the honor uh, and whatever. You know, we'd have to see. But 
you know, that I guess that's about the only factor that might muddy it up a little bit. He's not going to play the entire season. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And I would guess that the All-Star game is not really going to be a determining factor for him. I think, you know, he's played enough of those and as much fun as they are, and he'll probably have the opportunity to play in it again. It would it would surprise me if that becomes a determining factor in the timeline of this. Um, Maybe, but we'll sometimes see. it matters more than you think. I mean, it matters for a lot of reasons. Getting together with other people, exposure, you know, rap career, all kinds of stuff. Now, again, True. I don't know a thing about Dame. I don't know if any of these are even considerations. I don't, don't right. quote me as this is what right. Damian Lillard thinks. I, maybe it's not what Damian Lillard thinks. I'm just saying, systemically, again, around Lillard, there are a lot of environmental reasons, and maybe some personal ones, who knows, that might yeah. impel him to hang on, you know, let's hang on for another month till the break and play occasionally and get in there but i mean again every year for the past six or seven i've been pretty convinced that damian lillard either was an all-star or should be he had real argument to be one this is the first year where i'm going eh, you know his stats his aggregate stats right. are huge but looking at this damian lillard play i'm not utterly convinced that i mean look let's let's put it this way before i not only thought he should be an all-star but that the all-star game was going to be way way better with him in it, that the, he was bringing up that game, not the game bringing up him, right? And this year, it's like, if he gets nominated as an All-Star, I'm thinking, well, that nomination is kind of raising his season as opposed to the other way around. And it's like, so I'm kind of, you know, neutral on it. It's it's okay if it happens, but this is not the All-Star Dame that we've known or the transcendent Dame. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of opinions about the All-Star game. But the biggest one being it's not actually an all-star game. It's a fan favorites game that they call the all-star game. People are being voted because they are the favorites of fans. People are voting for players that aren't having their best season. Um, and I have no problem with it. I really, I mean, we got into this last season. I wish they'd change the name to it of it and stop calling it the all-star game and call it something different because or, or change the way that it's voted on and, and make it be about stats or whatever. But to me, you know, there have been times where I thought Damian Lillard should have made the first team and he didn't. This year, he's going to make the all-star team, I'm sure, even if it's not the first team. And, and you know, he's not having as good of a year. So to me, it's, it's, it's not actually an all-star game. It's a fan favorite game. Ooh, and in yeah. that sense, what? Oh, you just what? hit on something. Okay, so change the format to where the fans and, and or media, whatever, can vote in a certain number of players. It has to be a limit. I don't think it'd be 12 because they just pick the, their favorites and the good guys that were left, right? But like they get to vote in eight or something. I don't know quite how it works. But like that fan favorite sloppy stuff that happens, that would be that. And then you set up the opposing team with the guys that should have been there and didn't make it, like by stats yeah. or whatever. So the, it's the chip on their shoulder team. And let's see, like, <laughs> yeah. right? And there's no voting on that. You just look right. at stats or whatever it is, and you go, yeah. ah. And then you fill out the rosters with a, a few more on each side. Uh, but it's like the guys who, who got left out by the fans. And I'm not talking about the snubs, because that would be like the... That would be like the 17th player or the whatever. I'm talking about literally you get to vote in eight, and then the ninth players through se to, through 17th are on the other team. 
No, I, I mean, I've been saying for years that I wish that they would change the format or change the name one or the other because it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. I like that idea. I think that'd be that would be fun. But either way, I, you know, I, I think Dame will get the opportunity to be there if he wants to be. I hope that he makes this decision and the people around him uh, that are looking out for him make this decision based off of what's best for him and his career moving forward, not what's best for this season or not what's best for the All-Star. Like, hopefully it'll be. Yeah, and I think that's hard for a guy like Dame who you basically have to drag off that court. I mean, he's if he can play, he's playing. And that's been how he's always been. So hopefully they can, you know, they can come away with, with the decision that's best for his health. Well, and by the way, Dame has earned a well-deserved reputation. So I am good with even half-strength game, Dame rather, getting nominated to the All-Star squad. Because you know what? He had to watch Dirk Nowitzki and all these people, right, you know, just come in and get grandfathered in and people who had no business being there for the last three seasons of their career get in and push other younger, more deserving players out. Well, it's Dame's turn. I mean, I'm good with him writing Lillard time through multiple all-star game nominations until he's done with it. He deserves that. Another big piece of news, new coach Rodney Billups. For those of you who may be confused, that is not Chauncey Billups. This is his brother. Rodney was a college coach. So he did have a little bit of head coaching experience. In fact, I believe Chauncey kind of joked about the fact that his brother actually had more experience than he did. How well he did as a college head coach is uh, questionable. Um, It was not a winning team from what I've seen. So this is an interesting move. It's always interesting when you bring in a family member of somebody already involved in the team. This is definitely... uh, an interesting move. I think especially, you know, again, we're not dealing with Neil anymore, but the the line when they brought in Billups, the original Billups, Chauncey Billups, was <laughs> this is like having Simons and Simmons. Yes. Uh when when they brought in Which Chauncey do, Billups, you know, they originally had said something along the lines of, well, we're gonna surround him with people who have more experience since he's a little more inexperienced. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I don't know any of the background here. I don't know anything about him other than the little bits we've seen. So I I don't know, but it just seems like a very, if this guy, if this coach, if Rodney Billups was not Chauncey Billups brother, I wouldn't give it another thought. Okay. They brought in a coach. They think he's going to be good. Whatever. That would be the end of it. You know, we would see, but it's just, it's odd to me. Does this strike you as odd? Maybe. I mean, yeah. Another way to put that is if his last name wasn't Billups, would he have been hired? And the chances are probably not, but that doesn't mean the hiring is wrong. And also look, I think I may have mentioned this before. I don't remember. I have in my professions a fair amount of chances to, I won't say mentor because that's too formal, but to talk with people who are less experienced. And I always ultimately advised them the same thing. If you're going to get fired or if you're going to whatever, you know, if it's not going to go well, first of all, stop being afraid of that because you'll make it happen. But second of all, go out being you. Go out making the moves you think are right and let other people judge whether or not they turned out that way. And you won't make every move correctly. Don't worry about that. But 
make the moves that are you. Because if you did that, A, you honestly learn, and B, you honestly tried, and C, people get to take advantage of who you are, right? You know, because they hired you for a reason. They want that thing that you are. Be that thing that you are and give them what they asked for. If you try to be something else or you try to measure it out or whatever, or, try, or you hold back, then A, you'll probably fail, and B, you'll probably fail by not giving them what they asked for because you won't take full advantage of what they hired you for. So, long story short, take your best swing and just do it. Okay, if Chauncey thinks this is the move, this is the move I want him to make. I want him... Now, I'm not saying he'll succeed. I'm not even saying he should last out past the end of the season. I don't know that. Nobody does. But right. if he doesn't, I want him to have not done it trying the best he could. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if, yeah. if that's your brother and you think he brings something to the team, or by the way, brand new head coach, 13 or 14 and 22 record now, whatever it is, it ain't going well. Lost right. your star, lost your boss, the organization's crumbling around you, all this stuff, right? If you want your brother there by your side, hire him. If yeah. you need him for you, hire him. Because if, if you're not the best coach you can be, this is, then you're not doing anything for the franchise either. And if your bro makes you that, th th that's a worthwhile investment. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm good with it. I agree. That's a really good point, I think, Dave, that you make. I, it's not something I've thought of, but, but you're right. The fact of the matter is they're not going to... There are worse people they could have hired. So, you know, give it a shot. It's not going to probably change things dramatically one way or the other. So, yeah, I, I think I think you make a solid point there that I hadn't thought of. Well, also think of it this way. Who's going to be invested in this team succeeding? I mean, Scott Brooks might be thinking, hey, hey if Chauncey goes, maybe I got an inside track on the next thing. <laughs> Billups' brother knows that if Chauncey goes, he's going too. So he yeah, wants this true. team to win. I mean, I'm being cynical, but I mean, Ed, you, yeah. you got to talk about a guy who's motivated. He'll be motivated. Right. So, right. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Now, you know, if there are power plays or like now this is my lead assistant, now this is whatever. Okay, now now you start to itch, but I'm just I think it it doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt the team. Uh, I, I don't think anybody else like sure there were different candidates to be the sixth assistant coach on the team, but it, those those people get their chance anyway. It's just I'm. I'm fine. Good, good, good on you, Coach Phillips, for doing what you needed to be, what you felt needed to be done. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with that. The last thing I kind of wanted to bring up that I thought was, you know, again, ending on a high note uh, is always my goal with everything that's been going on in the league with the COVID protocols and losing guys to, to COVID, not losing, that sounds like they died. Nobody's died of COVID in the NBA, but losing, having guys go into uh, health and safety protocols for COVID and then bringing up all the G League guys, you know, that's been a, a trend that's happening right now in the NBA. The G League guys are, are more prominent than they've ever been in the NBA. And Dane commented on it. And I thought that this was really well said and something that I think, you know, once again, just shows who we are dealing with as a leader on this team. So I want to read this quote. This was, this is what uh, Dame said. He said this, and this is, I'm just reading a direct quote. 
it's the first time, you know, being called up and that's a blessing for them. You know, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, I think the first day that they got here, it was like, you know, I could be upset and frustrated that our team is going through this, but, you know, I put myself in their shoes, you know, they're getting their first opportunity. They're excited. They're looking forward to it. This is all of our dreams when we really start to really commit ourselves to this game. And, you know, I feel like my role was to embrace them and welcome them, you know, and realize that this is the opportunity of a lifetime, regardless of how long it lasts. They're going to be able to say, I played in the NBA. You know, I was in a locker room with Dame and I want that experience to be a positive experience. You never know how long it's going to last. You never know if this could be it or, you know, maybe this is what creates another opportunity for them. But you want to have a positive impact on that and you want them to have a great experience and also just realize that this is somebody's dream happening. Um, I think that for someone like Damian Lillard, who is uh, essentially a, a star in the NBA, who was drafted early in the first round and immediately got playtime, immediately became a, a well-known name in the NBA and has worked his way to being a star on a team. I think for him to have this kind of awareness is something I really respect to not in a sense gatekeep and, and try to, you know, well, this is our league. What are you doing here? Kind of attitude. Not that I think that that's happening, but for him to have this attitude of, Hey, this is a dream that they're pursuing too. We're all pursuing the same dream and they're getting their opportunity and their opportunity is now. And whether that lasts for 10 days or they find a place here in the NBA I want their time here in Portland to be a good experience, to be something they go back and talk about. And I think that this is something that consistently we hear from Dame. Damian Lillard is a good human being. And Damian Lillard treats people with respect and with kindness. And you hear this time and time and time again, no matter who he's interacting with, no matter how big of a name they are, no matter how small of a name they are, Damian Lillard treats people with kindness. And that's something that I will never stop appreciating about him. I appreciate that he understands that people are working hard and trying to break into this league. Um, you know, back when I interviewed Adam Drexler, that was one of the stories that he told was when he went to the Blazers camp, he talked about how well Damian Lillard treated him. And I think that that is something that we hear constantly from this man. And it's something that I appreciate. And I think it's something that deserves more attention in a world where egos get in the way, in a world where money gets in the way, you have someone like Damian Lillard who continually just is a good human being. I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that at the end of the day, that's, that's the kind of person we have leading our team. The number of ways in which he has been the hope and the shining light for this franchise have been incredible and made the more so because of the microscope that everyone is under now. And again, I don't want to look... I don't want to assume things about public figures' characters. We've been burned time and time again. So I'm not, you know, if, if there was something wrong with Dame, okay, fine. It's not, it doesn't change what I'm about to say. The prism through which every player's light shines is so much more refracted now and has so many more facets than it did, say, when Clyde Drexler played or Bill Walton played, where they were more like a laser and you would hit the, the sports writer and the sports writer would write about you and that's how everybody would know about you and it was through that filter. But with social media and interactions with everybody and everybody has a cell phone and all that stuff, right? Also, a potentially turbulent era and an era of mixed success, we can say at least, where there's incentive to talk about the team poorly. What this guy has done, what Damian Lillard has done, has been nothing less than remarkable. It is the 
best public relations career that we've ever seen. And by that, I don't mean fake. I don't mean brandish. You know, I mean, although he has that too. He has a brand, definitely. But in terms of connecting with people and bringing hope and bringing goodness on and off the court, there has never been anyone like him in the uniform, at least for the effect that he's had, even if there have been players who have been equally as good on the court or equally as wonderful people or whatever it is that we think he is. So, yeah, I am constantly in awe of him and what he's been able to do. And you have to hope and you have to think, and I hope it turns out to be true, that it's happening not just because he's smart, but because this is kind of who he is. That this is natural, yeah. that this is him. And by the way, I don't think he does everything right. We talked a couple of weeks ago about you know statements about media and stuff like that that might have been mm, a little bit questionable from my point of view. But it doesn't matter so much because you forgive him who he is when you don't agree with it because you understand that that's just one facet of a who he is, which is just incredible. So, yeah, everybody, nobody should miss the arc of this career, the Damian Lillard that he has shown us uh, is absolutely unprecedented and rarely done by any of his colleagues right now. And certainly, I don't think done throughout Portland Trailblazers history. In a franchise, by the way, that prides itself on its players being very available to and close to its fans. He has been the example. Yeah, and it's it's nice. It's nice to see. You know, I've been at I've been at several games where I've been sitting close to where the players are, um, and every single time I watch him come through. And obviously, like when they're going out to start the game, it's a different situation. But when there's been time, every single a lot of guys will run through. Even our guys, they'll run through. Like Robert Covington has a a, a thing that he does where he shoots a three. Um, and then he runs through the tunnel back and it's, it's his, he does it every game. If you ever watch the Blazers warm up, you'll see him do that every single game. Um, so they have certain things that they do that are habits that are routines and, and I don't judge them for that, but every single game without fail, I have watched Damian Lillard take his time going through and signing things for fans and everything that they hand to him, he signs, you know, sometimes even when he looks like he's in a hurry, he will stop and sign more than one thing for more than one person and just work his way down the aisle um, multiple times in one evening. So, uh, you know, he's always made an effort. You see him interacting with fans on online. You see him interacting in the community. He's just always made an effort. And I feel like always gone just a little bit farther than he has to. And I just, I, I appreciate that. I, I will always appreciate, you know, over good basketball, over talent, over skill, which he also has, by the way. I will always appreciate a person being a good human being and using their platform and their place in the NBA to do good things. I'll go into the confessional here. When I was younger and used to think about what would happen if I were really rich, and this was before billionaires were a thing, right? I thought, well... Gosh, if I were really rich, I would do a lot of stuff. And then I went to Seattle and toured Paul Allen stuff. And he's like, oh, he's got the sci-fi museum with the original Star Trek you know, uniforms. Uh, he's pioneering going into space. He owns the Trailblazers. He has Jimi Hendrix guitar. Um, okay, I don't need to do it. He did it, right? He did what my dream was, I guess. Yay, Paul, right? Then I thought, well, you know, because I used to play basketball a little bit. I thought, you know, it'd be really cool because I'm not... I'm not a star personality. I'm not like you know, self-aggrandizing kind of look at me. Just kind of 
basic nice guy, usually. Anyway, I thought, well, you know what? I could be a really cool, really nice guy. What if I were a nice guy who would, you know, just hit every three-point shot? That's how my ticket into the NBA, because I'm not athletic. But if I could hit, like, three-point shots to half court and um, also was really encouraging of people. And now I don't need to do that because Damian Lillard did that. Not that I could, you know, but, you know, your dream, your fantasy life, whatever. It's like, no, no, Dame did the thing that I thought I would love to do. And in a way, that's like, you're, you're supposed to be bitter about that kind of thing. Oh, I wish it were me. I don't wish it were me. I'm fine with who I am. I just think it's really, really cool that the ultimate things I could dream of being both happened in this franchise. I mean, it's, there's, there's, I don't know. It's like, I, I like that. There's some circle complete there, and I'm glad that Dame is who he is and does what he does. Yeah, and, and from the perspective of all the people surrounding it, aren't you glad that we get to talk about Damian Lillard week after week after week, and we don't have to talk about, I'm not going to mention names, but other people that I wouldn't like to talk about week after week after week, or that their stories would be a little more questionable week after week after week. Like It's really nice to get to report on Damian Lillard. Oh, my young Dia. I used to talk about players who weren't Damian Lillard. I had to do that. <laughs> but that's okay. Well, You're right. It's not better. Share. We've had our fair share of, of difficult stories and True. things like that. We've we've had our fair share. But I'm just saying, I, I'm really I'm really glad that we get the privilege of of you know covering Damian Lillard week after week after week. That's the, the if he were to choose to go to a different team, that would be the part that I would hate the most is not getting to cover him anymore. Right. Well, and let's be honest, it's kind of cool covering CJ McCollum, even though trading him might be the right thing. I mean, CJ oh, yeah, McCollum 100%. is wonderful. Yusuf Nurkic, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's be, you know, okay, look, yep. people who are like, oh, you say stuff about Nurkic. You know what? Said stuff about Nicola Batum too, because th that was part and parcel of his game. And I love Nicola Batum's game, but he was inconsistent in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's stuff in his growing that was like maddening. So, okay, but that doesn't mean that it's not fantastic having the guy on your team or getting to watch him. I mean, Robert Covington, he's having an off year, but he he had, he was great. I loved watching him sink threes last year. I think Larry Nance could really be something in a better situation. Uh, he could have really helped the Blazers if there was anything around him to help at this point. So, yeah, like, don't mistake critique for lack of appreciation because, dang, right. it is an awful lot of fun, and it is an awful lot of fun with the players who are at the top of the Blazers' pecking order right yes. now. And we yep. have been blessed in that for most of the last decade. And, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be missed. Absolutely. All right. So very good. That's another week of Dave and Dia. And we'll see if Lillard is still playing when we talk again next Tuesday. I don't know how many games. We didn't go two and two. We went one and two. But even one or two. I was so happy after that win. Did, were you happy? Were you like Yeah, kidding? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I almost didn't watch the game. Because I, I said to myself, man, I'm just tired. <laughs> like, I just am tired and I'm a little burnt out here, but I decided to start watching it and I'm very glad I did. It was, it was, it was fun. So let's just wipe the slate clean. 2022, we're starting out undefeated and, and I'm going to take that. Absolutely. So for the undefeated Dia Miller, I'm Dave Deckard. We will be back with you next time. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent! <laughs>